0: Welcome to Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed, a podcast that explores ways to transform your business and marketing strategy, whether you are a rising star, entrepreneur, or experienced professional. A show packed with stories to inspire success and build a growth mindset for you and your company. Featuring global brand CMOs, transformation experts, and business founders, your co-hosts, Chris Lawson in London, UK, and Samuel Monney, Across the Pond in Philadelphia, USA.
1: Welcome to episode 28 of Across the Pond Marketing Transformed. My name's Samuel Moni. I'm on the east coast of the USA in Philadelphia and I'm joined by Chris Lawson in London, UK. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Sam. How are you doing? Doing well as can be expected, I think, right now, Chris. In the current climate we're in with the uh, the middle of the crisis going on out there I think we're we're trying not to be somber. we're trying to be a um, voice shining voices in the world of podcasting so it's kind of uplift people but we have to acknowledge um, what's going on right now. Yeah
0: absolutely affecting affecting all aspects of life and uh, a lot going on but but I think you know this this uh, episode definitely has its place uh, a lot of uh, relevant stuff as we go through it I think.
1: Yeah, I think this week's topic is definitely a subject close to both our hearts, based on the work we do, our passion for marketing and building brands on a professional level, and what led to the creation of the, of the podcast. But also, it gives us a sense of purpose that we feel that can be played back into what we do. But also, I think the from an audience perspective, you'll definitely get value out of that. We're going to talk about personal branding, and no, it's not to brag about ourselves or talk at you. What we do want to do is give you some inspiration and perspective from things that we've seen work and things that you can try and use to, to reflect and to create your own personal brand. And uh, creating a brand that generates the love, the intrigue, the interest in you from a professional perspective, from your career perspective, but also you know, starting from, a, I think, a very personal p- place in doing that. You can think of personal branding as the proactive efforts to influence, to manage and communicate your own reputation and your image as if it were were Mm -hmm. a brand, really. Now more than ever in the internet age, we've had the potential to do that beyond our resumes and personal relationships. There are a plethora of ways to position ourselves um, through online and on a continued basis. We know that from the career perspective, depending on which source you believe, 70% of employers use social media to check or even screen or review or just check out employees. So it, it's happening right now. Yeah, and I huge recall, amount. yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't that long ago that if you're having and maintaining a LinkedIn presence, it was kind of seen as a negative thing that you're being disloyal and always job hunting. Yet, clearly in a current climate, being on LinkedIn is a, is a very relevant place to be. It's got over 60 million users with an average time being spent of six minutes, probably larger than that right now. And it's become a platform that you can't afford not to be on in terms of presenting your story and the credentials for the whole world to see. So, Chris, enough of me talking. Let's get into it further and give our listeners your perspective
0: Yeah, I mean, that point about LinkedIn is is sort of a a very good one, I think. And it's a relatively new concept, Sam. I mean, it Mm. started out with the increase in influencer marketing and with celebrities or influencers taking their brands direct to their audiences. And also further back than that, it's been a move from politicians or historical figures to business figures as the go-to autobiographies. At one point, it used to be all about, you know, figures in history and then it turned into business figures became quite popular in that category as well. And I remember going to South by Southwest in Austin in about two thousand and ten and the founders of Twitter and Facebook were greeted like rock stars by all the developers and attendees, as everyone clamoured to to check in on Foursquare back in those days. Um, and, and they they felt they were in the presence of tech royalty, and it was hard not to get swept up along with the hype. You know, there really was a clamouring for selfies, and I and mean, then like everything, eventually it moves mainstream. So Mm -hmm. everyone of a certain age was taking selfies of themselves and promoting their own self-image. And if you're a a business leader or a celebrity or a self-help guru, you focused on your own profile. Now again, not a new concept. PR agencies would have focused on your profile as a CEO for years um, and worked out how you talked to the masses. But those masses would have been the city or the business press or the marketing press. Um, now it's about Facebook developer conferences, Salesforce regional conferences. Uh, you know, Gary Venacek's insatiable social media presence, which we come back to, and and I think. Just a final point, there, it's moved on again, Sam. It's now something that everyone should have on their agenda. Um, and that's mm. not about jumping on the bandwagon. It's just taking it down from a business perspective, thinking about what you stand for, what you believe in, what makes you different and, and how you can make that. And And of course, we've done that all through life you think about what defined us whether you're a punk or a goth or whether you read the telegraph or the guardian or where you whether you wear nike or adidas these are all statements about ourselves and how we display those brands or genre and, and what they mean about ourselves so personal branding allows you to convey what's important to your audience and and what's as important in work and life as it uh, that blurs as
1: well Um,
0: So in a way, that's what we've been doing here, isn't it, Sam?
1: Yes. From our own perspective, the premise of this podcast, just responding back to you, Chris, is that it's a statement about our beliefs on marketing and the impact we want to have and informing and influencing the community and the industry and being vocal advocates of of those principles. So you'll see a bunch of recurring themes that are true for this podcast and true for our individual brands. For me, a key leading point is having a growth mindset. It's a must for marketers, the spirit to learn, to try, to do, to fail, to grow, and then to go again. A relentless emphasis on how to transform yourself. So that's something I'm always working on through creativity, through the company culture, working on yourself, but not keeping it to yourself. The examples that we provide from both sides of the Atlantic, but across the pond, literally in the title of the show, which hmm. for me was an eye-opener, what's similar, what's different and how can we tap into all of this knowledge? And most importantly, to be part of the sharing economy, to get people to share a point of view to this show, as use it as a resource for marketers to learn about what, what marketing is and stay motivated in their careers and a proof point that marketing is keeping up with the important issues so that we're contributing as much as listening and downloading from other podcasters and other shows and other content out there.
0: Yeah, that's a massive point, Sam. I mean, personally, I I know what I need to do to pay the bills and I know which one of my skills are in demand. But what I really love, what I truly love is that opportunity to help and coach others and Mm -hmm. participate, whether that's CEOs, CMOs or junior execs. I love the opportunity to learn how Mm -hmm. culture, media, technology, the environment affects all that we do and then contributing something back. So, yeah, totally get that
1: yeah and so thinking more deeply about this my what my personal brand stands for there's so much commonality and similarity with yours a bunch of drivers that of mine are firmly based on what makes me to do what i do so it's building talent and culture building people the gateway an approach to to changing culture within the organization is absolutely through people being a catalyst to create the energy and to to move people out of their comfort zone is, is essentially what often what you get out get from when you engage with me help them see what people are, are capable help you see what you're capable of and being that communicator and compelling communicator you know, sort of balancing seeking to understand but also articulating a point of view that gets you going gets you engaged whether you agree or disagree i believe that fulfilling work and business growth can only be achieved by prioritizing building people Ahead of the PL. And I've said that out loud a few times mm-hmm. and it's got me in trouble because not everyone responds positively. But we people deserve awesomeness and fulfillment. 24-7, 365 days in life and at work. You know, it's wrong that people are spending or leaving 80% of themselves at the door as they enter their companies or or start the world of work. My passion is to reskill and upskill organizations and people to be fit for the future of work. And as we know, the future is constantly challenging us to change and evolve and it's as much as helping one to ones uh, on a one to one basis helping individuals or smaller forums or classrooms uh, as an adjunct professor or engaging with larger audiences and i see the value of that driving that change more broadly and it's all about transformation that helps companies get from here to there and it got me from the uk to ireland to switzerland to germany to the, to the usa so the, this platform is really to serve as a resource for others so chris what about you so
0: as you know, Sam, Moreno Marketing is my company. Um mm-hmm. and I and I took that name from a, an inspiring glacier in Patagonia and Argentina. It was I, I went trekking on my own um and well, part of the group, but I went on a, independently on my own, form joined a group there. And when I came across it, I was just absolutely blown away by the size of this glacier and the, like the clarity of it. It was it was awe-inspiring. I, I just can't mm. get over it. It was amazing and it should go on everyone's bucket list. Um, mm. And what struck me at the heart of this vast, complex structure were these brilliant, clear crystals, you know, just um, amazing really. And both huge and complex, but very, very simple at the same time. And it was a, quite an important moment for me. I was thinking about my career, thinking about myself and reflecting on what I wanted to achieve. And And it struck me that very much that's what I do. It's help navigate complex problems, help lead a path to inspiration and clarity. And uh, that's why I decided to call my company Moreno. and And I've tried to make sure that I stick true to that. Um, I enjoy the energy and passion of startup and scale ups, um, both wherever it is a business to a consumer or a business to um, business and and I enjoy that challenge of limited budgets limited resources and and thinking how do we navigate complicated problems and and try and lead a sort of simple path and uh, through sort of calm waters um, so that that for me really sort of summed up it was it was quite a a profound moment just sort of seeing something i thought wow this this really reflects what i think of as a as a concept
1: that was great sort of i loved hearing the story the, the story you tell there kind of takes us to that moment to see trying to sort of walk in your shoes see what you see feel what you feel and then hearing how you've started to bring that to life that's that for me is is part of it being in touch with that moment and actually applying that and, and applying it to yourself and, and the work and not just letting that pass you by yeah, thanks, Sam. And
0: you know, and a personal brand is no different to a company brand. You have to think about what is your point of difference? What is going to make you stand out? What your values are? What is the need that you're trying to fulfill? Um, and I want to share that message and help as many people achieve that as possible. And as the world of work has changed with more and more people freelancing or working for themselves, self-publicity using direct channels has become important and and quite frankly as you said in your intro uh you're crazy if you're not taking advantages of the opportunities that linkedin facebook instagram offer you, you used to have to pay for media um mm. you don't anymore to a certain extent social media has exploded that concept um well you do you do because it still serves a purpose but but you get my point um, you know you might have to invest in content marketing but but the actual sort of channel the distribution channels are there so so you need to make sure you're taking advantage of it
1: yeah, absolutely. Being in the marketing and advertising industry, it's self-evident that you got to have proficiency and you've got to participate in the platforms. It's it's a necessary part of the job. And I know there are some naysayers, some are, some rejectors from the industry, but a lot of our audience is in the marketing advertising, but I've, I know some of our audiences are from other industries. And so I don't want to assume that everyone's on the same page, but from this Episode, we're really going to talk up the power of social, the benefits, the upside, the positives. I know there are some concerns of privacy and and the dark side of it, but I, I think from a marketing and advertising creative perspective, it, do, it does kind of distract from your credibility if you're not there. Now, I'm not saying be there 24 seven. Not saying that you have to be on every single platform, but you do need to appreciate and respect it and be able to understand how it works and and why it's important and why it is relevant and it does help be be current there's a story i won't go into too much there but from a corporate side that i've worked in where a former chief hr officer wanted to delete his linkedin account and i couldn't understand why and he couldn't understand why he should have it and i explained to him that i go to a lot of recruiting events for the company and when you're talking about the company people immediately go to linkedin and start looking up some of the leaders and so being there adds credibility to the organization and if he wasn't there, it would basically put a big question into people's minds as to whether this company was up to date or current and or relevant to them. So it was just an interesting divergence between me and senior leaders in some corporations who are still not quite there yet. Hmm. Yeah. and And I think...
0: Understanding about personal branding, whether you're doing it as part of an external focus or an internal focus, it it still equally applies. If if you're within a company, even if you are the SEO go-to woman or the UX designer, and if you're a marketing director, um, your company is going to need a spokesperson that personalizes a brand, both internally and externally. Uh, to, To get on with your career, you need to make sure that you stand out for the right reason so that's about the consistency of message mm-hmm, making sure right. you're demonstrating value and mm-hmm. uh, there's a, a quote that I read from a, a millennial workplace expert an author um, a guy called Adam Smiley Poswelski, I think that's how you pronounce it And Mm -hmm. he sort of takes it one step further where he sort of says, carve a niche, then carve a niche within your niche. The best personal brands are very specific. And I, I think that's absolutely true. You need to make sure that you're really defining what you stand for. And you have to be genuine. You have to show that you're authentic. Um, not one um, where you think that not the person that you think people want to see Um, it's Mm -hmm. actually got to be the true yourself as well Um, and and also it can be tangential as well as to what you're working on I'm working with one guy who's a technical skills or is, is SEO but his passion is analysis and and he's you know, subtly, sort of rebranded himself as the analytics guy in a small company. And he's now the go to analytics guy. Um, and that, that's not about a job description. That's not about a role that's been given him. That's about a persona, a can do mm-hmm. attitude. Um, mm-hmm. And
1: really, he has seen a gap in the market and taken it. Yeah, that's, I love this, the stories we're telling. And and we're going to get into a few more of these stories, actually, of people and their brands and how to bring them to life. And actually, before we go further, we're actually not going to go into storytelling in, the, in this episode. So I'll say check out two episodes of the perfect refreshers, perfect reference points. Episode 20, when we talk about great storytelling. And 21, we provide the storytelling playbook for marketers. So check those out to use storytelling to leveraging and and, and really be on top of that. Because as we go further, you're, it's about building stories into your own brand and it's important to look externally to the marketplace and ask yourself, you know, what value do I create as much as what do I bring and what do I want to stand for? I'll talk about that from the impact that Carla Harris and her story had on me when I saw her speak at the national black NBA conference in Los Angeles in 2010. And, She evolved her brand, which was so awe-inspiring. She's now, Carla Harris, she's now the vice chairman, managing director, and senior client advisor at Morgan Stanley in the US. But when she started her career, she would tell these stories of being a young black woman in this financial world, going to clients perhaps in the south of the country. And she just faced a lot of prejudice, a lot of resistance, and people wouldn't take her seriously. They wanted to see the actual um, consultant, the advisor, not her, because they just thought she was an admin or something. And she really did face a lot of re- resistance. And she's written some books which really bring to life some of the challenges she faced. But she took that and she essentially applied the growth mindset to get to where she is. Part of who she was is an expressive and really creative person. She's a singer. She loved to sing. In fact, she's a highly accomplished singer. She's sp- um, sung at some of the, the biggest forums in the world of, and conference, conferences and conference concerts and, and made records and CDs and all these things. But she kind of kept that hidden through fear of detracting from a personal corporate career, which was just completely strange and and um, surprising that she she felt that way. But it's also very understandable. But She realized that this singing wasn't a distraction; it was actually a point of difference that people would remember her. That they would say, "Oh, Carla, the singer." Now, if you go to her website, Carla Harris's website, you'll see that three sections of the website: the leader, and she'll talk about Morgan Stanley; the author of books, and she'll talk about her books. One of them is "Expect to Win: Ten Strategies in the Workplace," which is a great book that I've I've read and got. And then she'll have the section. the singer. She's performed sold out concerts at Carnegie Hall and released several CDs. And so my point there is that she's embraced these aspects and told the world. Now her personal brand has these diverse aspects that make her so relatable, so relevant, and so compelling in many more ways.
0: That blurring of your work and your talent or outside of work um, is a good one, I think, Sam. Yeah, it's definitely a theme mm. that comes mm. through. Um, interesting fact, it's only a focus group of five and, and we're two of the people in it. But if I think about my own personal network, I know five sort of industries sort of heavyweights in the digital space who who have now branched out on their own and are focusing on their personal brand rather than working for a company all demonstrating parts of their personality which they, they probably kept a bit quieter when they were doing the, the corporate nine to five um, and all for different reasons as well you gave a shout out to michael gale last week uh, mm-hmm. my turn this week a uh, guy bruce daisley ex-cmo um of, um of twitter actually vice president of twitter i think was his title um now released uh, a sort of number 1 business book joy of work and uh, and an amazing podcast called eat sleep work and repeat uh, i listened to an episode last week where he dissected the microsoft work culture along with interviews with their cmo mm. and xhr head honcho and and it absolutely high production values entertaining and tight with his brand um yet his tan, his tangent before was All about sort of sales and tech, um, but something that kept him very true throughout the whole time that I've known him is about the the quality of work and culture. That's what's always fascinated with him. And he's now brought that to the fore. Hmm. Um, guy Nick Bradley, uh, entrepreneur, ex marketing director, and his mission is all about helping people scale up their business to help create freedom in their lives. And he focuses on that that final point. Um, and uh, you know has a, um, a a number of sort of different ventures focused around that us too, obviously. And then there's a lady called Natalie James uh, who took a like life work balanced decision to relocate to France. Um, Her Mm. husband got uh, relocated to a good role out there, but she didn't want to lose her e-commerce, category management, user experience skills, and therefore set up a weekly video blog highlighting best and worst practices and tips um, from the industry. Uh, Really entertaining, really insightful, um, a huge amount of value being given away for free there, um, and doing it for very different reasons to, to fit into the um, lifestyle, which I thought was was really mm. a, sort of a, interesting. But look, one thing to note, Sam, as we know as we know, all of us have felt that we're talking into a black hole at times, and that is part of it. Brands take time to grow and may end up in a different place to where you start. Um, but sometimes you've just got to keep that confidence level going. Uh, And the other point is that not all of us want to be on stage all of the times, um, but putting your head above the parapet is important. And if it doesn't feel comfortable because it's not your natural persona to want to be extrovert and you're more of an introvert, then you've got to get on with it. But the best way to do that is productionize it. And make sure you've got a classic template that can come into play. So Sam, let, let's let's give the audience some practical tools to shape their personal brand. What, what comes to mind?
1: Yeah, and I think for the audience, this is the section where you start typing or start grab a pen or just be ready to come back to this section because we're just going to give you some practical tips to, to bring it to life. I'll keep it simple. And I'll start with some questions that allow you to look inward and then a matching question that helps you look outward to shape your answer in terms of building your personal brand. So looking inward, what are your strengths and core competencies? And then looking outward, what value do do you create for the world with those competencies and strengths? What are your interests and talents and passions? And then look outward, why is that so important? Where do you thrive? Where do you function best? Where do you lose yourself? And then look outward from your perspective, What, what do you do best? Or even better, ask a mentor or a champion, what from their perspective what do you what do you do best and then again from the inward looking in what makes you remarkable what's measurable? what unique value do you offer and then looking outward ask a mentor or a champion what four words would they use if describing you to other people great steps to just start to shape your own personal brand yeah nice nice very clear i think um I'll be coming back to them
0: myself and, and there's there's plenty of um, resources out there that sort of cover this as well. I found a, a good article on Forbes, a lady called Goldie Chan wrote it about 10 golden rules for personal branding. I'm not going to go through all of it. You can Google it yourself, but but the, the ones that really sprang to mind was determine what your key message is. Consistency we talked about, mm-hmm. making sure you've got a niche we've talked about. Um, that I think also pretty much stands, but using your personality and keeping a positive attitude and taking your, uh, take your brand with a positive approach. If things fail, you can overcome it again, Mm -hmm. just a point that I made earlier on and embracing failure, learn and building from it. Um, But you have to do what we do in our day-to-day jobs. You have to believe in your brand and believe in success. Um, More likely for people to like you and for it to succeed if you do that. So, uh, you know, that I think is important. So you've got to make sure you, um, the key points are, make sure you've got a key message, keep positive and believe in success.
1: Yeah, good ones there. Some great steps there, Chris. And I'm going to share some, may contradict a bit. So as we go through this, the audience, wrestle with these ideas and take what works, you know, reject what doesn't. But also there's going to be overlap and contradiction here because as, as you bring your brand to life for me, you've got it up and running. You're feeling good. You've applied some of those, those rules, those principles. But firstly, if you're doing this well, you're going to have to be mindful that there are detractors out there. Not everyone will agree or support your approach or your positioning. That's what a brand does. You have to appeal to certain audiences and perhaps less so to others. And that's, that's fine. If you, if, if that's what you stand for, and that's what brands do. Secondly, you should definitely have an audience of mentors or sponsors and advisors who can give you feedback. They're great stewards of the impact you're having and the perception that's being created. And I know that, for example, my advocacy for diversity and inclusion in some some circumstances, some organizations has not been as well received uh, as a positive thing. And being aware of that and, and deciding what you do going forward, sticking with it, in my case, is, is really Key key to me and critical, but being aware of the, what your brand is standing for and what other people are seeing and hearing, and then the third one. Listen, this is not all about being a rah 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 and go getter and extrovert. I'm I'm a huge fan of the work that Brené Brown does and the stories and the, the the reality of being courageous is also being vulnerable. And so sharing some of those stories and and being open to doing that is is a possibility. Look, we know that your personal brand is part of you, but it doesn't have to be a resume in in episode 25 i shared the story of a startup that my wife and i created and then we closed and we learned a lot from that and i'm quite proud of that now i recall one leader when i told them the story made a comment well if it wasn't a success you know what do you know about business and my response was hang on a minute i had my own money on uh, on the line i had my own money at stake so actually i've had my own skin in the game so therefore i can talk about this and talk about this opportunity versus using the company's money or somebody else's money which was an interesting discussion that we had um at a later point yeah I
0: bet yeah it feels very naive saying that doesn't it i mean yeah out, out of failure we learn and and also it is so much better to stand for something than stand for nothing um so yeah i get that but i, I did want to talk about one person though um sam who mm-hmm. who um I think we'll be pretty familiar with most of our listeners, uh, which is Gary Vaynerchuk and uh, Mr. Vaynerchuk. And, uh, yes, for Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh yeah, he's very famous and, over here. Yeah, exactly. Seven point eight million followers on Instagram, two point one million followers on tri- Twitter. Let alone some sort of YouTube channel as well. Um, and he was described as the first wine guru of the youtube era Um, you know he he started off with a wine show he created a youtube vlog called the wine library he created about a thousand shows they were quite in your face Um, and and he and he grew from there then he built up his his own company carried on with the social media presence making sure that he was really adapting to different channels as they came on board as a This year, I think his net worth is reported to be $150 million. Um, As I say, he's prolific on Instagram and on various different channels as well. He sets himself up as um, fast-talking, brutal in terms of his feedback, very direct, very crude in in quite a lot of cases. Um, But he also he lives and breathes his lifestyle and his philosophy you know, he has a chaotic and busy life he works from 7am 7 7am 7 to 11pm 30% of his time is spent traveling. He's one of these sort of gurus that has 30-minute meetings. Um, but he's, he's unflinching in his sort of feedback. Um, and the the interesting thing was there was a great article in The Vice where someone um, tried to mm-hmm. copy uh, his, his week. Um, and there were some end-of-week statistics where he said that the hours worked were 94. Mm-hmm. Um, he was... Uh, absolutely exhausted by the afternoon of the first day um in terms of trying <laughs> to do what he was doing right. and that constant exposure and that constant you know brutal sort of positivity and and trying to cut through it um was was that you know really really hard and i think it's it's fascinating because you look at it that um he gary Veniger went from ahead of the curve to media saturation in a way and that's both a good or a bad thing, I think. I used to follow him avidly, but but now I just can't keep up. Um and and he's not alone. There's there's hundreds of people that now set themselves up as trying to be like him. Uh, so a word to the wise, not all of us can be Gary Vee or indeed would want to be, if you if you read that article in Vice and, and try and follow it. And, and what happens in a world where we all try too hard, all you have to full, pull back on is yourself and being authentic. And, and I thought this was a great quote from Gary V himself, where he said, you have to understand your personal DNA. Don't do things because I do them or Steve Jobs or Mark Cuban, Duck Trider. You need to know your personal brand and stay true to it. So in itself, um, he he is the lesson. But I thought that was a a good quote to um, end on there, Sam. So, Sam, time has gone. I think we're, we're over our 25 minutes, but I think it's been a really impactful episode.
1: So give us three key takeouts and reflections. Yeah, Chris, it's gone really quickly. And I'd say the first one is, it's a fact that there are the social and digital platforms out there, such as LinkedIn, And they're being used to build brands. So our argument is you should be there. Whether you like it or not, it's important to participate. Secondly, starting with story. Now, we've done a couple of episodes on that, but definitely go to stories. Tap into the the power of storytelling and also leverage your mentors, your sponsors and advisors to get feedback on the perceptions that your personal brand can create and is creating. And then thirdly, don't only follow the Gary checks of this world. That's one way of doing it. But we talked about people like Carla Harris and uh, someone like Brené Brown. There are different role models out there who do, the, do this in very, very different ways with different styles. And be open and receptive to that for yourself and, and be proud of who you are and bring that to life through your personal brand.
0: Great summary there, Sam. Uh, loads to... Uh get my head around uh been a good episode but look we're we're over on time so let's uh bring this episode to a close but actually next week we've got a really exciting episode uh very relevant again we're looking about innovation and innovating quickly with purpose in a crisis. We're looking at uh, organizations that have managed to turn their products around based on a customer need and where they're needed at the moment. And we also look at those that are working out how do they give back to the community, again, building on some of the themes that we've seen today. It's going to be a really good episode, I think.
1: Absolutely, Chris. I'm really excited about the show. Perfect timing to do that. Great relevance for the audience. So, Without much further ado, until next week, Chris, have a great week across the pond.
0: Well, that's it for this week's show. We hope you enjoyed it. Find more by visiting marketingtransformed.com and click on the subscribe link. If you listen via Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud or anything else, then click on follow, subscribe or type Marketing Transformed into search. We're a new show, so please leave us a review, comment or ask a question. We'd love to hear from you. Get in touch at marketingtransformedshow at gmail.com.